This episode of Commentary, Trek Stars, is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. Hi, this is Robert Duncan McNeil, also known as Tom Paris from Star Trek Voyager. You're listening to Trek FM. Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 17 of Commentary, Trek Stars, a show which deals with the work of Star Trek creators outside of Star Trek. I'm Mike. I'm Mike. And today is Part 6 in our series on Robert Hewitt Wolf as an unsung hero, recapping his career, essentially post-Trek. Yeah, I was trying to kind of like pin it down and be like, what, what was it that we were going for? And, you know, looking at the list again, and essentially what it is is... Um, shows or pilots that he had written, you know, there were two which went to series, two which didn't. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what it boils down to. Yeah. Um, I know that there was one other one called Scarlet, which he wrote with Hans Beimler that got produced, but I don't believe it ever aired. It starred yeah. uh, Rebecca Gayhart, and I think it was kind of. Uh, was, she was like sort of like an Anne Rice type of novelist, but there were actual supernatural things going on. Could be wrong about that. So it's it was been like a while Three Amigos or Galaxy Quest, but with Anne Rice. I think it, it might have been. I I could be wrong about that. I don't know. That sounds you know equally amazing and horrible. <laughs> it was for Lifetime Network. Oh, it was going to get made, and then there that was just like tilted a, a one way. Change. Do you know which way it went? Well, it was going to get made, and then there was like a regime change, and they decided to go a different route with their program. I like the idea of regime change at Lifetime. I'm picturing like a stormed like embassy, and and a bunch of people running out. I think it was stealing life- computers. I think it was Lifetime. It was developing the Silence of the Lambs show, the Clarice show. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be on. But then there's going to be Hannibal as well. But Hannibal wouldn't be on the Clarice show. Uh, right. That's cool. I, I like that stuff. Anyway, Robert Hewitt Wolf. Okay, so what we're going to do is uh, look at the the shows that we we've already talked about. Uh, give sort of brief uh, summaries of our opinions on those or our thoughts on those, and then maybe talk about some of the other things which he's written. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. So, first up, post Star Trek, Future Sport which was a television movie slash backdoor pilot starring Dean Kane and Vanessa Williams and Wesley Snipes about a future society in which there is a future game called Future Sport, which is the most popular sport in the world. In and, the future. Yes. And and Dean Kane is like the Michael Jordan of Future Sport. Future Jordan. And he is going to uh, use the game in an attempt to bring peace to the world. Future peace. Future peace. Um, What did you think of Future Sport? Future hated it. (laughs) Okay. I I just, I mean, like, there was a point when watching it where I, like, I transcended just hating it. And I, I went to 
really, really being terrified of it having been even close to being made a show. Because it's unbelievably, ridiculously stupid. I mean, I agree that it's really bad. But I don't hate it nearly as much as you do. I can, in some ways, embrace the cheesiness and everything. All that stuff, which I think was unintentional and, and reasons why it essentially didn't work. I mean, it is such a, a, a broken concept to begin with. I, I, I feel like there were like a bunch of people who had ideas for what the show should be. And all of them sort of conflicted with each other and ended up breaking the thing. And it's like n- none of them make any sense. None of them make any sense, especially when put together. It's like they're they're hanging by a thread on their own, but when you put them all together, it just collapses completely. So that's not untrue. It doesn't really scratch the surface of what's wrong with it, but that's 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 all accurate. So the next uh, show, which he was involved with developing was much more successful it lasted for i think five seasons and that was andromeda yeah based on a couple of random ideas by gene roddenberry and put together by robert hewitt wolf into a uh, concept or into a, a program which actually worked unlike earth final conflict andromeda did actually have source material Yes, it did. It wasn't like a, a note written on a napkin. It was an entire show concept that was attempted multiple times. An entire show concept fused with a note written on a napkin, essentially. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, we, you weren't here for that episode. Yeah, I was in a nightmarish experience. Planning your wedding, for those who don't know. It doesn't matter. Anything that goes on in Florida is a nightmare. Uh, I like Florida. Uh, so so what did you... I know we've talked about Andromeda during our Gene Roddenberry series, but what are your thoughts on Andromeda and specifically Wolf's involvement or contribution to it, uh, seeing as how that's the topic of discussion for this series? When we did the Roddenberry thing, I, I watched some Andromeda, and I was only really aware of it kind of in passing. Like, I knew that it was a thing, but, like, I didn't watch it. I didn't have much interest in it. And there were a lot of different reasons for that. But I would say that a pretty big reason was Kevin Sorbo. I just didn't really like him. I, don't, I didn't think he was a good actor. And I didn't really understand why he was a big deal at the moment. It seems a little silly now. But, like, at the time, I, like, I just didn't want to have anything to do with with any sort of fame gathered from Hercules' the Legendary Journeys. Because that show was just ridiculously terrible. But uh, when when we were doing the Roddenberry series, I watched some Andromeda, and I was surprised by how how much there was there. Like, it wasn't just, like, a, a bunch of random nonsense that they just kept throwing out and to see what stuck, like, Earth Final Conflict. It actually works as a show, and there's good material in there, and, like, there are interesting episodes. There are solid episodes of Andromeda, really good shows. There are other ones that aren't so great, but it's like it's way better than I was expecting. And the idea that like this show is based on the Earth Two, Genesis Two, Planet Earth, Genesis Two. I I like Earth Two. It's it's weirder. It's not based on Earth Two though. That's a different show. Yeah, obviously. Okay. (laughs) But the uh, like those those things were 
really weird. And, uh, and the idea, like, like just like a lot of superficial elements were changed on that concept in order to make the thing Andromeda. And it's surprising how much better things work when you put them in spaceships. Yep, I guess uh, that is sort of a universal constant. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Andromeda as well. I've only seen the stuff that Wolf himself was involved with, but uh, I hear that it does get crazy, and I can see it starting to get crazy towards the end of his run. Um, yeah, but I, I do think it was good. I, I'm kind of in the same boat in that I did not uh, really pay any attention to it when it originally aired. But I did take a look at it again. You know, it was one of those things where after the fact I realized that Wolf was involved and then I was kind of um, mad at myself for not paying more attention to it back in the day. And then, Well, that's why we're doing this. Yeah, it is. And and when we did the Gene Roddenberry series, I, I got a little taste of it and it uh, piqued my interest and watching, you know, basically a season and a half of it now, especially the way that that half season ends... I'm mm. even more interested. So uh, I would definitely recommend Andromeda. And I, I think that it is a, a very decent show. Yeah. yeah, it's got more in it than people who haven't watched it might think. Definitely. Okay, so the next uh, series which Wolf developed that got on the air was The Dresden Files. And this is uh, another sort of unique situation. All of these are unique in a way. Um, Dresden Files was a show which he developed with Hans Beimler and it went to series and when it went to series he was not the showrunner David Simpkins was but he was still on on the writing staff and uh, still involved in the show heavily and it lasted for one season and it is about a uh, detective who has magical powers and his, well, it's a sorcerer who works as a detective. There you go. And he he tends to um, take on cases which have a supernatural uh, side to them. Yeah, I don't imagine he gets a lot of um, suspicious wives wanting to make sure that their husbands aren't cheating on her. Yeah. I imagine that, that was that's not really a thing that he gets very often. Although, like, if I saw someone, like, if there was, like, a bunch of private detectives listed in, listed in the phone book and one of them was a wizard detective, I'd probably go to him. I mean, it doesn't seem... Do you think he charges more than your average private detective? He must, because that so. place he's in is amazing. Okay. The rent's got to be ridiculous there. Yeah. All right, so what did you think about the Dresden Files? It is a super weird show. <laughs> like it's it's the 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 source material that it's that's adapted from is you know it's like fantasy novels. It's really weird stuff. Fantasy novels are crazy. There's a million bizarre things in any fantasy novel, and you accept them because it you know going into it within the first twenty pages you're going to be introduced to an entirely new world, and this world just happens to be you know in a city in present day. And we are very familiar with a lot of the things that these characters interact with. But also there are magic people and fairies and stuff. And maybe, maybe like magical beings. Oh, definitely ghosts. Tons of ghosts. Crazy amount of ghosts. Lots of vampires, too. Uh, so it's kind of bizarre. Uh, but it is, it is fascinating watching this world come together. Because like the, um, some of it really works. Uh, 
some of the, the mythology really works and you really I really do want to see how they could map more lands in this bizarre world uh, and uh, it's a shame it didn't keep going because I would be curious about what they would do with it later and I really thought that it could have got really good it certainly had a better opening than a lot of shows that ended up being amazing so mm-hmm. yeah I guess you're right I think of the of the four uh, projects that we covered, the Dresden Files is my favorite. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the mystery aspect to it, the detective aspect, and I think that the the magical stuff worked a lot better than most magical stuff does. Yeah, but I thought it was it was a, a lot of fun, very enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. mystery <laughs> twist reveals on this show don't find you know they're not they're not so offensive when they like reveal something at the last minute mm-hmm. that the that the character knows that we didn't know because we just kind of assume that he knows a lot of those things yeah but they didn't really do that too much on the show either no they didn't but the times they did i didn't i didn't have a problem with it it's like oh everyone knows werewolves can't walk backward mm-hmm. i'm like oh that's fine yeah like i didn't know that but it's good to know all right in the final uh movie or miniseries or series or whatever you want to call it depending on which uh video format you happen to be watching it on um movies that uh robert hewitt wolf was involved with developing at least to some extent i guess was river world okay this is a uh, show which we covered last week or a movie or miniseries or whatever you want to call it movie series where the main character dies and washes, spoilers and washes up on <laughs> the uh the shores of a river which spans an entire world where every dead person or a lot of dead people at least wash up and there's a civil war between the alien race which is uh, uh running this this river world right it's being this river world is being run by an alien species and uh tom opennicott is caught in the middle right as is samuel Clemens. that's kind of his thing yeah. Being caught in the middle. Right. So so that's that was an interesting mini series. Uh what were your thoughts on it? It's crazy. And um and and I think that if Lost had not been a thing, I would have received this thing much more favorably. But like it it is very much like we are mysteriously on this beach. And there are things here. There are anachronistic things here that do not fit with our, with our our world that we are familiar with. Let us investigate these mysteries, and the reveal that, like some aliens made it, and they kind of made it for no real good reason. That's kind of disappointing. So if uh, if if it had gone on, I would have been pleased because, in a way, they did, they did handle the 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 rather boring disappointment of yeah we made it for no real good reason right at the beginning the first story they're like it's just a thing we just did it it seemed like fun at the time maybe it wasn't a good idea but now we got this river world what are we gonna do not watch you guys kill each other but and that's the thing is you know there's one group who's like this was a dumb idea mm-hmm. how about we just get rid of this thing and then there's another group which is like no 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 we did this we're stuck with it. Yeah. Yeah. We we bought, we bought this house. We need to fix it up. Yeah. Or, you know, just make sure it doesn't burn down. 
Right. Unless we can get it insured. Yeah. For for me, River World, I think, is the, the worst of the four. And I... I would agree with that, except I've seen Future Sport. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely think it's worse than, than Future Sport. I don't, not that I like Future Sport, but I definitely think that it's worse than Future Sport. Um, I think, like we talked about last week, it is such a, a, a big concept with so many moving parts that it's hard to keep track of what's going on. And I think uh, maybe they should have slowed it down a bit, scaled it down a bit, and maybe built it up over the course of a uh, series instead of trying to cram all of this into a three-hour uh, movie. Well, I th- I think that I think that's like slowing it down or speeding it up are both valid options for improving it. Because mm-hmm. this 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 pilot miniseries, this backdoor pilot thing, it's it's too long. Yeah. For not getting a lot of things done. Mm-hmm. And it's trying to do too many things at the same time. It's it's like it's all over the place, and it's right in the middle of of two decent options. But they, it splits the difference right down the middle, and it ends up feeling too long for something that's short, and too short for something that should be longer. But even with all of that, I mean, I have to say that I'm not tremendously impressed with the concept on the whole. I think that it's um, fine. I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but it's not something which. Uh, holds my my interest in the least. Okay, so those were the four shows that we covered, the four pilots that made it to air in some form or another, which uh, Wolf was involved with. Uh, But he's also uh, written uh, for a number of other shows where he wasn't like the the head honcho or anything like that. He was just, you know, someone on staff. Some of them are, I'm assuming, freelance gigs where he only did, you know, one or two episodes and some... He did a whole bunch of episodes, and uh, a lot of them we've covered on the show before. Uh, just going down the list uh, in uh, chronological order, he started off with Star Trek The Next Generation doing Fistful of Datas, which we talked about. Mm. Very good episode. And, and then Deep Space Nine, which he, he obviously had uh, a, a very big role on, doing a lot of the, the best episodes um, in, in all of Star Trek, really. And then he uh, wrote, I think, just one episode of The Twilight Zone, the Iris Stephen Bear show, which we talked about a few weeks ago on our Iris Stephen Bear series. When you say the Iris Stephen Bear show, it makes me sound like a sitcom. Like, oh, my God. Iris Stephen Bear. Don't even kid about that. If there was all of a sudden the Iris Stephen Bear show, can you imagine how awesome that would be? Anyway... Wolf has obviously worked with Iris Stephen Bear quite a bit, the Twilight Zone being uh, the first instance after Deep Space Nine. He also uh, worked on the 4400. I think he was on staff for, I want to say, one season, and he did like freelance work uh, elsewhere during the show's run. Uh, we talked about 4400, obviously, a few weeks ago as well. But, yeah, I mean, Twilight Zone, I think we, we were both in agreement that it never really... Uh, reached the level of um, quality that we would hope for something called The Twilight Zone. But at the same time, it was by no means uh, a bad show. Yeah. It's just impossible to make a new Twilight Zone. Right. I mean, it might actually be impossible. I think I, I don't know if it's technically impossible, but it's, it's obviously so difficult that it might actually, if for all intents and purposes, it might actually just be impossible. Yeah. And for the 4400, I think we were both in agreement that that was a good show, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, then the other show that he did with Bear was Alphas, which we also talked about during our Bear series. And I yeah. think we both agree that that was a good show as well. And and Wolf stayed on for season two after Bear had left, which I know we talked a little bit about season two, but I haven't seen it myself. Season two is not as good as season one. Okay. That being said, it's not terrible. It's just the show never quite came together in a cohesive way. Yeah, I, I, I like the show. I, I, I wish that show would have continued. I, I would be very curious to see where it would go from from there. But in terms of the non-Ira Stephen Bear shows that he worked on, there were a number of those as well. Uh, the first one, which I believe he only wrote one episode for, was The Dead Zone, which yeah. of course was a Michael Pillar uh, creation. I, I've never seen The Dead Zone. I want to watch it. I'm, I know that sooner or later we're going to get to it on this series, but uh, what, what you, you've seen it, I take it? Oh yeah, I watched the whole thing. Yeah? What do you think? It was never bad. Like it was, it was always way better than I was aware of because I didn't watch it when it was originally airing. But basically, like the the last week that it was on TV, I realized like, oh, the series finale is going to air any second now, and I've always intended on watching that show, but I'm behind a few years, so I just you know, I started I started burning through it, and I managed to get through you know all of it by the uh, by the time the episode aired. And I was uh, I was I was really intrigued by it. It was it's super weird. It's got like season long arcs about crazy things. So a show that Wolf worked on in between uh, the forty four hundred and Alphas was called The Gates. Did you see this show? No, I was it's, aware of it. Uh, about a, a metropolitan police officer becomes chief of police in a gated suburban neighborhood where vampires, werewolves, witches, and other supernatural entities reside. Mm-hmm. Rona Mitra starred in it, so that's good. Um, I'm really not aware of this show at all, but uh, now I kind of want to check it out. That aired in 2010. And then after that, there was Alphas. And now, just this week, there are two shows which are on, which Robert Hewitt Wolf is involved with. And by just this week, maybe just this week. <laughs> I don't know. So, so the first of these shows is Starcrossed, which uh, I watched the first episode of. Um, mm-hmm. And I've got the second episode, I think, on my DVR, and I'm going to check it out. Um, this is a show starring Amy T. Garden of uh, Friday Night Lights fame. And uh, the guy who's the voice of Anakin Skywalker on Clone Wars. And basically... Is that his actual name? Yeah, that's his name. Well, it's got to be hard to fit on your credit cards and whatnot. Well, he just goes by The Wars. He doesn't oh. use all of his middle names. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but uh, it, it's very similar to Roswell in a lot of ways. It's basically... It, it's interesting because it actually takes place like 10 years in the future. Like the first episode... The, the, I don't know if that's interesting. <laughs> no, it is interesting that it does that. The, the, first, the first scene in the first episode takes place in the present day, and basically aliens crash land. They look like humans, and they're like, hey, hey, guys, what's up? And then humans are like, kill them, kill them, you know? And they're like, oh, man, now we need to defend ourselves, and this is just going to be a whole big thing. And it is a whole big thing. And I think like a lot of them are slaughtered, and the ones that aren't slaughtered are basically put into an internment camp. And now 10 years later... Oh, and, and in the process. I'm sorry. I'm missing, like, the main beat here. Okay. Um, <laughs> little eight-year-old Amy Teagarden 
she's harboring um, a a little kid fugitive, another little you know like eight year old fugitive alien thing, and and he gets uh, you know brought back to to the camp. She thinks he's dead, but he's not. And um, now, ten years later, both of them are like seniors in high school, and. What the the aliens going to high school? Well, that's the whole thing. Is <laughs> this is this is a a turning point? I I, I know all this. I just find it hilarious okay. that you just said he's now a senior in high school. Okay, it's as a, though that's not crazy. <laughs> it's it's a turning point in human alien <laughs> relations, and now they're letting the human children out and letting them go to school. And obviously, there's a lot of uh, racism going on and bigotry, and uh, Amy T. Garden. Falls in love with this this alien kid I don't see that. That who would saved be, her that's life that's no, back in the crazy. day, and that's you know, crazy. I guess hijinks ensue. So um, much hijinks. I, you know, it's it was one of those things where I I, t- I totally enjoyed watching the episode, and I'm curious to see what happens next. I know that they've done a whole season, so we're going to get to see a whole season. Well, it's I a mid season replacement, so it's a half season, right? I I know that. Uh, the, the ratings, and Wolf was actually talking about this on Twitter, you know, the ratings were, were terrible. And, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, you put a show on with no advertising uh, up against the Olympics, and it doesn't do well? Of course it's not going to do well. So, you know, I mean, I, I watched it I watched it with my wife, um, and she, you know, she really liked it. You know, afterwards she's like, okay, I'm in. You know, oh, she's sad. like, how many more episodes do we have? I'm like, that's the only one that's aired. And she's like, oh, I would definitely say check it out, especially like, if, I mean, we talked about Roswell. I know you weren't a fan of Roswell. I love Roswell. And it is very similar to that. It's got, you know, that, that sort of like high school thing going on. But okay. regardless, curious to see where this show goes. But that's not the only Robert Hewitt Wolf show, which uh, is, is on now. He is also a staff writer on Elementary. Yeah, and I guess this was the, the episode that aired. I think this week was the first episode that he was involved with. He didn't write it, but you know. So, have you seen Elementary? Yes. And what do you think? Um, it's a show I could, I could I could get into it. Like I I'm not into it yet, but I'll probably I'll probably be watching it at some point in the next couple of months. Yeah, I, I haven't really seen it either, but I've heard a lot of good things. I mean, I still haven't seen Sherlock, so I'm way, way far behind. I, I actually just bought season one for my dad for... Um, season one of Elementary? Elementary for my dad for his birthday, because he was talking about it the other day. And the thing you have to understand about my dad is that he is completely unaware of anything regarding pop culture or television. So for him to not only know of this show's existence, but then to say, I want to watch that, is, like, unfathomable. So I'm like, okay, well, I definitely need to, to get this show for him then. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure that when he's done watching it, I will steal the DVD back from him and watch it myself and then move on to season two. And I'm I'm curious to see... Uh, about what Wolf uh, brings to it, especially after being impressed by uh, the mystery elements on the Dresden Files. Yeah. All right. Well, that's pretty much all that we've got on Robert Hewitt Wolf. Do you have any final thoughts? 
Um, now that I'm thinking about it, I find it weird that there's a guy named Bear and a guy named Wolf that both worked on Deep Space Nine, and it kind of makes me wish that there was like another dude named like Panther or something. Uh, no, but I'm 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 excited that we um they got got a, got a chance to go over this because I, it it's it's weird to think that there's a um, a name that pops up in like a million episodes of Deep Space Nine and we don't talk about it a lot. Yeah, and that bothered me when Ira Bear says like Robert Hugh Wolf should get a big chunk of credit for Deep Space Nine being what it was. That's like, oh, wow, we need to look into this. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I mean, I, I have a feeling all of these Deep Space Nine guys are like this, and, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed oh, to, be to doing, you know, Beimler and, and Echevarria and everything. We've already done more and Bear. Um, but, yeah, and and I, I, I agree. And it's one of those things where, yeah, he is always present, but you can't really point to any one thing that he did off the top of your head because that group was so tight-knit, you know, like we talked about before. Uh, but now looking at all the things that he's done outside of that group, it, it is really impressive, you know? I mean, sure, there are some duds. Everyone has duds. We talked about, you know, Iris Stephen Bear's crash. That was not exactly... Uh, uh, a, a fine example of television, but but here's here's the thing about it, which I've I've always sort of maintained, which is like everyone is going to make crap. You know, you can't judge people based on their crap. You got to judge them based on their best stuff. And if you look at his best stuff, I mean, the Dresden Files and Andromeda are both really really solid shows. Okay, that's crazy. You can judge people based on their crap. You have to judge based on everything. Okay. And I think that Darby Goodwolf has a lot of good stuff going on, and the only problem is that he occasionally works with companies that are not particularly rational. <laughs> That's possible, too. And occasionally has Dean Cain involved. Okay. These are both mistakes. Well, it was fun talking about Robert Hewitt Wolf. Uh, but that's not the only thing we're talking about on Trek.fm this week, so uh, here's a little taste of what you may have missed elsewhere on the network. Previously on Trek.fm, Standard Orbit. <laughs> Commentary. Shatner is so good in this. I mean, I know it's it's uh, seems weird to say that. It seems weird to say that a guy is good at playing himself, but Shatner excels at that. Earl Grey. Q. We've all got our claws up right now. Well, I don't know. I don't know if he was scared of her. Like he he put out his own hand. Did he snap her to death <laughs> with a West Side Story. <laughs> West Side Story. <laughs> when you're a Q, you're a Q all the way. The Ready Room. Damage. That's what made Archer's next statement so awesome. And I'm not rationalizing anything. I know full well what I'm doing. Yeah. Like he he understands the ethical ramifications that he's taking. He knows what's going to weigh on his conscience now. The orb. Runabouts. It definitely feels more like the old west. Mm -hmm. You know, and you're basically in a covered wagon instead of like a train. But so. a covered wagon that can go warp five. To the journey! Living Witness Rewrite. This always messed with me when I was younger. Like, the, the the retinas or the nerve endings behind his eyes are dissolving. That's just messed up. Yeah, what? Warp five. Malcolm Reed. It almost feels like the writers thought it was fun to just keep throwing facts in and dialogue about him. You know, usually in the show Bible, you want to see people do things and they just say, oh, we'll, have some, we'll have this person say this. We'll have a whole episode about how he loves pineapple, but he's allergic to it. <laughs> Commentary, Trek stars. Robert Hewitt Wolf, River World. But when you end up at the end of your thing, having gone from, I'm on a beach and I don't know how, 
or Y to, no, don't take the glowing rock and put it in the spaceship. That will destroy the planet, I guess. That is too far too quickly. Melodic treks. Five musical favorites. And to see the Klingon ship dissolve in, in the lightning effect with that music playing, you know, at loud volumes. It was it was basically the a geek's dream. Literary treks. Spock reflections. And my favorite is when Amanda goes, I will never get used to a Vulcan scolding. <laughs> right. You know, we wouldn't take it as a scolding at all. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out these shows to get in on the Daily Trek Talk. We have new shows for you every day, and you'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Windows Phone, Xbox, Zune, or you can stream and download files from the website. Just visit trek.fm slash pd for podcast directory to get all the links. So, obviously the thing that we all know Robert Hewitt Wolf from is his work on Deep Space Nine. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of uh, Deep Space Nine audiobooks on audible.com. That's what I've heard. And as a uh, Trek FM listener, you can uh, get one of those for free. So, uh, here's, here's one. It's called uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine Fallen Heroes. It was written by Daphid Abhugh. And I remember when this book came out, I think it was one of the first ones that they did. It was um, read by René Abajonois. And uh, here's, here's a description. Um, a strange device from the Gamma Quadrant has shifted Quark and Odo three days into the future to a silent Deep Space Nine littered with the bodies of their fallen crewmates. To save the station, they must discover what caused an invasion by heavily armed alien warriors and find a pathway back through time itself. So, okay. uh, yeah, I mean, you can check that out. Uh, Audible is a great way for you to read all of the books you've always wanted to read but never thought you'd have the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week. From classics to current bestsellers, Audible has something for everyone. Uh, as a Trek.fm listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic books you've yet to read or that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash trekfm, and we thank you and Audible for supporting commentary, Trek Stars, and trek.fm. Indeed. So that's it for Robert Hewitt Wolf. It's been fun. As always... You can find us on Trek.fm where we do this show, and I also do a show with Drew uh, called Standard Orbit about the original series, and you can find both of us on CommentaryTrackStars.com where we do Commentary Trackstars off-topic with our friend Brandon, and you can find the show on Twitter at ComTrackStars, or you can email us at ComTrackStars at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.